The review podcast. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Welcome to the review podcast. My name's Anthony. And I'm Bree. And this is a podcast in which we review movies. And then we review movies. Oh, see, I... last week. Oh, oh man. Gotcha, bitch. You got me. Last week. Last week. I thought you were going to rumble right over yeah. me again. Uh, I, I effed it up last week. Ooh, au contraire. Au contraire. My mouth hurts. Now That's you, my excuse. Now you are the one who Fs it up. Um, <laughs> my mouth hurts. That's anyway, my excuse. This is a podcast in which we review movies. And then we review movies. We take a movie that one of us has seen at least one time and we talk about it. All the good, all the bad, mostly good, sometimes bad. We're looking at you, Magnolia. Hey, hey, hey. Come on now. Come on now. That will be an ongoing thing in Come every... Um, well, I was just talking about this with you the other day where we were trying to figure out what we want to do for the next series because we're about halfway done with the Sandler Streep series, our actor series. And I've given enough suggestions. I feel like you it's, just need to make you, up your mind. You give very broad suggestions that it's very hard to narrow down. You, uh, And I don't want to spoil some of the stuff that we've been talking about right now, but it's, it's really hard to narrow some of these things down because I'll give you one suggestion that Brie uh, gave, which was box office flops. And I was like, all right, so I'm doing my little bit of research on what we could possibly, uh, what we could possibly review for Maybe the podcast. Maybe we do box office bombs. It's like the same one, thing. No, because a flop is like, oh, it made a little bit less than it was like expected to make. So uh, uh, something that makes significantly less. less. Like a bomb. Like, holy cannoli. I, this you just movie have one made... movie in mind and we're not going to say what it is. Because I'll be like, holy moly, this movie made like no money. And I said, I've never seen wouldn't that it movie. be nice? Oh, and neither have I. Well, the one movie we have in mind, like neither of us have seen before. And um, I was like, but wouldn't it be great if like we watched it and like it was actually like pretty good? Well, yeah. And that's what I was saying when we were talking about box office flops, because I googled box office flops and i saw this giant list and because of the pandemic and because so many movies went to streaming in the past uh two years the move like the suicide squad is on i there. wouldn't consider that a flop but i wouldn't yeah because it's it, a popular movie it's a popular movie it didn't make as much as it probably should have because it was released simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max. So most people saw it on HBO Max and not in theaters, therefore not contributing to the box office revenue for um, for the movie. So it's considered a flop, even though it's really not. So it's tough to narrow down that list because it's so big and the pandemic kind of effed it up. But um, we're, we're considering... I just thought it'd be so much fun. And then I said to Brie... You know, he I doesn't I want to poop on. I tend on to like. Listen, I tend to like the podcasts about movies in which people gush over movies, everything that they love about certain movies or ways that movies are made, writers, directors, actors. Uh, I don't like to. I don't like. To, we've said this before on the podcast. I don't like to poo poo on movies. I don't like to really talk about what i hate about movies it's easy to to bitch about movies but i think what is 
more endearing is when we talk about everything that we love about movies, uh, everything we have questions on, everything that intrigues us about movies. And while we've reviewed some stinkers in the past, such as Rob Zombie's collection of Halloween films, it wasn't like we were just like, oh my god, this is the biggest like piece of crap I ever saw in my life. Look at this. Isn't it funny how big of a piece of crap it is? It's not like we were doing that, you know. We could dislike a movie and still talk about, you know, the content of the movie <laughs> and what our general thoughts were about it. But I I know, man, I'm I'm going to burn some bridges here. He's burning bridges. I'm burning bridges. Hold on to your breeches. I love how did this get made? I don't listen to it all that often anymore because I don't necessarily uh, I think it gets old after a while of, hey, let's just poo on every movie ever made and, like, crack jokes about it. And they're funny, like the Cats episode I love, but it's it's very easy to complain about movies. It's much harder to uh, talk about what you love, and it, it's much cooler, I think, to talk about what you love regarding movies. And boy, I think on this podcast, we really do gush about a lot of these movies. We talk about everything we love about these movies, except for Magnolia. Brie didn't like. I didn't like it. But, but to, we took a not step to back. Say, not to say that other people don't, like, I respect you if, like, you like it. But if you said, that's my favorite movie, I'd be like, okay, you're kind of weird, guy. Right. But we took a step back. And even though, like, we both said we didn't really like the movie, we can appreciate all the stuff that makes the movie good, you know, or why people would like the movie. So we got to really sit back and, and kind of consider what we want to do for the next series. I was thinking of a couple of different ideas, but my ideas are also like really broad. You know, I was considering uh, movies based on books because I know you are a reader, Brie. I am. I'm reading a book right now on my phone. Because I cannot afford any longer to continue to buy books. And the library just doesn't have books in stock. So I found, like, two online, like, apps where you use your library card and you could check out ebooks. Having fun's not hard. When you have a library card. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The book I'm reading right now is pretty slow to go, but I'm hoping it picks up. I mean, not all the popular titles are checked out on the e-library too which yeah. that doesn't make sense to me it's an ebook like there's unlimited copies mm -hmm. don't be stupid <laughs> i can yeah. only check out five at a time you can only there's only five copies of this ebook Bra brainstorm for me right now just off the top of your head movies based on books what would you go with Movies based off on, the top of your head, like movies based on books that we could watch. Yes, if that was a future series of ours. Dang, we could watch series. I know there's like a whole, but it's like such a broad topic. Bitch, 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 bitch. We could watch the whole Twilight series. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, I've been trying to get Anthony to watch because he. Okay, we were in a hotel room one time. And we, were in we were in Vegas. We were in Vegas. My yes. voice cracked real hard right there. We were in Vegas. Notice. And the Twilight series on the TV. And he was like, let's watch it. 
I was it, like dead. But then it went out of order and I was like, oh, we can't watch this Yeah, anymore. we watched, what did we watch, Eclipse? Yeah, and I was like, we can't watch Eclipse and then watch Twilight. It's not going to make many sense to you. So I've been trying to get him to sit down and watch We did watch everything. the first Twilight. And then it skipped New Moon and went straight to Eclipse. It no, we watched it here oh. like a year ago. I watch it like every so often. There's so many. Uh, I was thinking like... Divergent series that's one that's based off a book but like even something like fight club you know eh. a great good movie david fincher very nice director um uh, isn't gone girl based off a book i'm yes, thinking of fincher for some I reason i think so um we just watched it but we could watch it we could review it um where the crawdad sing we just watched that i don't know i feel like he doesn't read the book. I feel like it has no, to be a I book we both I read. I haven't read the book, and I also feel like the ending of Where the Crawdads Sing, like... The book I explains would, it I so much want, better. I would want to have that reaction on... Like, I would want to give my thoughts after a first viewing of that, because, like, I didn't expect the ending that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, we had the conversation in the car after the movie where I was like, okay. But I told <laughs> him, like, if you read the book, like, it makes more sense. We own the book. So he could read the book. I don't read. But Anthony's like, I don't read. We're, we have a bookshelf in our house, and it, it has, like, tons and tons of books on it. They're all mine. I've got a few history books up there. Um, but have you read all of them? Yeah, most of them. When's the last time you read a book? An actual book? Like, when's the last like time sat you... sat down and read an actual book? Probably last year. What book did you read? I had to read for class a book. No, when did you last read a book? (laughs) For fun. For fun. I don't read books for fun. That's so sad. That's so sad. It's always like an assignment. You need to find your genre of book that you really like to read. Oh, I read, uh, oh, I did read a book for fun a couple months ago. I read that book about the Halloween movies. So you need to check more books out like that so that you find something you're interested in and you want to read I still got to finish the second one. So he didn't like it. No, I did like it. I just lost track and I got distracted. I've been reading like a fiend. But that's because I know what I like. I know my genre that I like and I just keep cranking them out. Sexy books. Sexy books. <laughs> there really are. No, it's romance novels, you absolute toot. You tell me they're set. They're you're like, oh, it's getting steamy. Well, some of You'll the romance, make, like those comments to some me. of the some of the books have like steamy moments. One of my favorite authors and some of the favorite books I've read, Abby Jimenez. There's no like steamy scenes in her books at all, but it's some of like the best storytelling that I've had. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I pick up a Colleen Hoover book, and I'm like, this is going to be hot, 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 steamy, steamy, steamy. <laughs> yep. but, but I pick up an Abby Jimenez book. She doesn't crank them out as fast. Her books are, like, really thick, whereas Colleen Hoover's books are kind of thin. You want? Uh, feel free to answer this. Feel free to sure. save the answer for another time. Okay. We have that option here. Okay. However, whoever's listening to this um, might want the answer right okay. now. Um, might not be able to wait. Okay. What's like the weirdest thing you've read in terms of like, um, like a mature uh, scene in a book? A mature like thing? the weirdest like vocabulary that they'll use. Because I know that they. I've not. I, hey, I don't read all these that often. But um, when I was, younger, I know that they use weird vocabulary so for things. I, I, I want to point out. That I've been reading steamy books since I was in middle school because I read 
and like a college level in like fifth grade. And my mom thought the only way to foster her like love for books is to give her adult books. So I read like some like softcore <laughs> corn. Corn? Yeah. Oh. I'm not going to say the word. Why not? Because it's inappropriate. We've talked about this on the podcast. I know. There's like a weird... Uh, when we had the one, um, the priest at mass that corn said... Porn makes corn. Porn. Corn makes It's like, corn. wow, he said porn and everybody's head's like shot up. Anyway. <laughs> so it was called... It was like a demon hunter series. It was like a bunch of books. And my not mom... Not the... Um, oh, I was thinking of the anime manga Demon Slayer. No. Not Demon no, Slayer. This, this was a bunch of like demons and like hunt people who hunt demons and it was like this whole series that I wish I could find it and read it again as an adult because I skipped a lot of the like the sex scenes because it made me uncomfortable as a kid as I was you even in. hesitated to say the word sex I know it makes me uncomfortable anyway so we reviewed boogie nights Brie. I know but they use words like member and I don't like that word just say penis just just his member you were much more comfortable saying that than you were porn. <laughs> because penis is a like a the anatomy? actual term for the anatomy. Yeah. But schlong, member, rod. Uh, Go on. The hard C one. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, like I don't know. Like it's I know it's like to keep like your reader interested because you can't just say you can't just say the same thing penis, over and over again. Penis, yeah, penis, yeah, or else penis. it gets old. Penis, penis, penis. Mm -hmm. But like his hot, steamy rod. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ew, <laughs> gross. But unlike anytime they refer to like the woman's area is like I don't know. They call it the sex a lot. The, see, that's weird. Yeah. Nobody says that. No, no one says that. Um, I mean, you don't have to get too X-rated. I know, but like I'm thinking about like <laughs> that series was like my first like dive, children. Dive, children dive in to like that genre of book. So mm -hmm. I've been reading that for a long time. You're talking to the girl who in sixth grade scored so high with her reading level that I was put in a group by myself when we did like book club. I was by myself. What'd you read? I read like some like, I don't even remember. It was like everyone else was reading things like because of Winn-Dixie and like, like easier, like chapter mm -hmm. books. And she was You're like, reading like 50 shades of gray. No, I was reading like, like more advanced, like what you would say like a high school level book, but I was in middle school. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like, like a John Green or something. Yeah. And all the, like, the closest one to where I was at was The Giver. Okay. So she was so like, I read in my freshman year of high school. So she was no, like, No, I didn't. I read that in eighth grade. So she was like, Well, she's like, Your reading level is too high for every other group. She's like, You could, like, go down to the reading group below and read The Giver, or you can read by yourself. And I was like, can I, she's like, but you need to read the book that I assigned you. And I was like, can I read both? Can I, can I ask you Can a I be question? like in a group? Like, why do I have to read by my freaking self? So there, I, can I, I don't want to change the subject, but I'm going to change the subject because this came to my mind as we're talking books, because now this is a book podcast. Um, you know that there are like books that every, like every curriculum in school uses, 
right? And like The Giver is one of them. Like every kid reads The Giver. Every school, seventh to ninth grade, you read The Giver. I didn't like the movie. Why? What is it about The Giver that is like every teacher's like, I got to teach this? I don't remember like the underlying like message of like, I don't remember. It was about utopia, right? I don't like, I don't remember The Giver that much. I just remember there was a scene. I remember like there's a sex scene in there and all all my classmates lost it. Don't they not see in color? Isn't that the whole? I don't remember. Or is that another dystopian novel I read? It might be. An, I don't know. I'm not going to make any assumptions. It was like one dystopian novel I read was like everyone sees in black and white, but then this one kid can see in color, but he has to that's keep it not, a secret. That's not the giver, I don't think. That's not the giver? Well, fucking what I can't remember that? the giver for the life of me now I that I think of it. I own it. I think it's in our bookshelf. Isn't so. he like, isn't the giver like an old guy? Yes. That, and he like gives him the memories. Yeah. It's like memory. He's like the historian or something. Yeah. And like. God, I'm butchering the description. Of oh, this I'm so book. sorry for everyone. All you give her heads. Recently read the giver. <laughs> I will. I will go. I'll probably, hey, I'm. I bet that's not checked out at the freaking library. Like great. I know great Gatsby's up there for every like junior. <laughs> I love great. It's like probably my favorite book. I skipped um, that. So like that is in the curriculum like, for high school. Like that is the like, outsiders is every like sixth, seventh, eighth grader reads the outsiders. I think we read that in sixth grade. Yeah. So did I. Um, we had like a whole like simulation. We did. <laughs> Go on. I don't remember what it was. Were you, were you greasers? <laughs> we do at our school like an activity day with where we bring in different elementary schools, sixth, seventh, eighth graders, and we task, like our school tasks them with reading a book, and then they come in for an activity day where there's a bunch of activities around the school based on the book. Outsiders is one of them. To Kill a Mockingbird is one of them. Um, and I can't remember the other one that we used to, I think The Giver was the third one. But uh, did you read <sighs> Catcher in the Rye? In high school? Um, that was also the same year. So, The Catcher in the Rye. Um, the Catch-22? Uh, Fahrenheit 451. I read that. Yeah, my junior year. And The Great Gatsby are the three novels you read your junior... In American Lit. In, in your junior year mm-hmm. in English. I did AP English, which was heavy writing. Yeah. I didn't read any of those books. You should give them a shot. I tried Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the Rye is a dry It read. was awful. I, yeah. It was a do not finish for me. I own Fahrenheit 451. I just haven't read it. That's a, a weird one. That's a, I drew a comic. One, one of our, And I absolutely despise The Great Gatsby. I don't know why. You've never read it. I absolutely despise, despise You've never read it. The Great Gatsby. Bree, this... I'm over and, it. I just love the writing of F. Scott Fitzgerald. You know, he wrote book a book. He wrote a like... short story before Great Gatsby called Winter's Dream, and it's really, really good. Um, I would check it out if I were you. Freshman year, what books did you read? I don't remember. I... Uh, uh, we read. Oh God, what was that? Um, the Book Thief. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, the book. We thief. didn't read that. That was something I read on my own. The Book Thief is a really good book if, like, you want to read a book. That's really engaging, but also you want a book that where you can put it down and like, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna like keep you up all night. That's we what read, the book we read. Thief the book me. thief. I I read independently in my freshman year. Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies was assigned for us. Mine mm-hmm. is like filled with like notations and stuff. I loved Lord of the Flies. 
I also loved, we read um, Something Wicked This Way Comes. I like that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I read Water for Elephants. Yeah, I didn't get that one. In my sophomore year, I took British literature, which we did like Beowulf. There was a lot of Chaucer in there. There was... Uh, that sounds boring. Ham- we did Hamlet, uh, Macbeth. Um, we did... Oh, God, what was the one that everybody... Because nobody took that class seriously because the teacher was like not great. I'll tell you. But... We did... We did um... God, what was the name of the book? Uh, the one with the, the uh, big brothers watching you. Um, 1984. 1984. We read 1984. It's the one with the eyeball on it. Yeah. We had to read yeah. that for um, my going into uh, the AP English class. We had to read that. So let me tell And you- we had to read the elements of style. Oh, gross. Also, okay, here's something you need to know about me. I have no idea how to write a sentence. I just do it. Oh, I correct. When you were doing your master's program, you'd be like, can you read this? I would just be like, comma's supposed to go here. Comma's supposed People to go are here. like, comma splice, comma splice. I'm like, language is made up and it doesn't matter. Language is made up and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could, I do a bunch of run-on sentences. I don't care. I was like, I teach simple sentences complex sentences and compound sentences that's all i need to know for first grade i'm good yeah let me tell you a story about um going back to 1980 it's 1984 right i think so that's the name of the 1985 no it's 84 um so our teacher for british literature uh put us into groups for chapters of the book this group reads this chapter and then presents on it. Everybody ends up reading the whole book, but one group has to present on a chapter as like a part of a grade. So there was one kid in our class that so clearly didn't read the book, but went up and improvised his entire presentation on the chapter about what he thought was going to happen in the book. And he just made up a bunch of stuff and the teacher just let him go. And for like, Seven minutes, he's up there talking about, oh, this thing happened, and then this thing happened, and none of it's true. <laughs> and the teacher's just like, at the very end, you didn't read the book, right? He's like, no, I didn't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I did a whole project on Water for Elephants. Mm-hmm. The, boor- the book was boring. Um, gave up halfway through, watched the movie, did my project. Mm-hmm. I We had to read The Scarlet Letter. A cliff notes it. We um, didn't have to read that. We read Romeo and Juliet. And then I asked, can we watch Nomeo and Juliet? <laughs> <laughs> no, we watched the um, the Leonardo DiCaprio version. Oh, like the modern. It's like modern day, I hated but also it. not really modern day. I hated it. I was like, this is the stupidest I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just my, that's my opinion. Uh, I just thought like if you're all gonna... the all the Shakespeare heads are gonna no come I'm after like if you. you're gonna do Shakespeare like have them dress have it be t- a time period piece like do it the right way but you can auteur Shakespeare you know like I don't know isn't it boring to have Shakespeare just like oh, but they they always talked, the same like, thing they talked with like the original language but it was just like modern and just I watched the Lion I thought that not was the Lion King um just watch a uh, Lion King 2 I was just watching Romeo and Juliet freak it's the same dang thing mhm 
and and it's gnomes i think that's fun yeah um, i think that's a fun like that's a fun concept we are bordering on almost 24 minutes okay of so let's BSing. get started well hang on i want to start something new on the podcast uh, today before we actually get into the movie we're reviewing very quickly uh we won't spend too much time on it but i thought it would be nice to do like weekly uh and maybe not weekly, maybe bi-weekly or something, because a lot of the times we record the podcast in advance, and so we might not be up to date on a lot of the uh, current movie news, or we might be a little late on the current movie news. But I wanted to start a new segment today on movie news. News going on in the movies, Bree. Um, so a couple things going on this past week uh, in terms of movies. The big thing going on is that Warner Brothers and... Discovery, um, they merged companies not too long ago, and Discovery is taking over and making a lot of big changes. One of those big changes being the cancellation of the Batgirl movie, a movie that was about 90% finished, cost about $90 million, and uh, people were people were pretty hyped to see. I just think they're making stupid decisions right now, and it's because, like, it's like, okay... I'll make a comparison. Go ahead. It's like me going into an office and firing a bunch of people as a teacher. I don't know what you do. Like going into a bank and like, yeah. you're, like you're fired, you're fired. Like I just bought this bank. I have no experience running I'm, banks. And I'm just going to fire a bunch of people yeah. and say, here at this bank, we only are a bank for teachers now. <laughs> No more. <laughs> that's like what Dis like Discovery's going in. Like we want to focus on live and unscripted stuff. Well, they didn't. So that actually never happened. That was a rumor that was uh, floating around that Discovery wanted to merge with HBO Max, but phase out all of the scripted content of HBO Max and only focus on unscripted content of Discovery. Uh, we know that HBO Max and Discovery are now merging. However. Uh, it's. I think HBO is still going to maintain their scripted content as of right now. However, some big changes going on in the DC universe. Um, I have my opinions on the DC universe. What are yours? Um, I don't really care. I'm not a big DC fan. I'm not a big DC fan. No, I don't really. Eh, it's not my cup of tea. They got their heads up their asses. It's not my That's... cup of tea. I mean, is it nice, like... To have more superhero movies? Sure. Do I think they should have just canceled The Flash? Well, yes. that's the other thing that I was going to I was going to bring up because there's a double standard here. It's like you're going to cancel the 90 million dollar movie. That's fine. It's significantly less money than The Flash. But you're going to cancel the movie that people like actually wanted to see. For a with, movie where I'm where I'm not going to go see it. You're going to jumpstart you were you were going to jumpstart the career of a promising young actress. You're going to give, you know, a lot of people of color um, an opportunity to be in the spotlight. You know, the directors, the the lead actress, uh, the writers. Um, you just, like, you throw that away. And DC, or the, the head of Discovery said that the movie, test audiences said the movie was unwatchable. But I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Because everything that we've been hearing about the movie has been coming out positive. Um, so... It's it's such a bizarre decision, and I've never seen a movie studio do this. I've I've never heard of it being done of canceling a ninety million dollar practically done movie and just saying we're not going to release it. 
we're not going to give anything. Oh, uh, we're not going to show anything about this movie. We're not going to release it. We're not going to do anything with it. We're just going to shelve it, and it's going to stay in the vault forever and ever and ever. Um, it's weird. It's a kind of a double standard to do that when Ezra Miller is out here committing crimes. Ezra Miller is literally wanted by the police. Like he's out here <laughs> committing crimes, kidnapping, breaking and entering. Like he just got charged this past week in Vermont, and. So Ezra Miller being the star of the Flash movie, a movie that has uh, had so much controversy, and I told to I it. told Anthony I was like I cannot support Ezra Miller. They are not a good person. They are not a stable person, and like I'm not going to go see that movie. It's, you can go see it. I, I, will I probably not. will go see it. I just, will not just for shits and gigs, but I do think like it's strange to me when the flash has had controversy for years trying to get this movie made getting rescripted getting uh ray fisher cut out of the movie getting different directors different writers finally we have something in play and then it's a controversial story which i know some stuff has leaked and i'm not going to say anything about it on the podcast but it's a controversial story that a lot of it's going to make a lot of DC fans not happy. And it's something that people don't want to see as well as your lead actor is now literally wanted by the police. Um, it's just not a good look. So it'll be interesting to see what'll happen with the flash movie. There's a lot of restructuring going on within Warner brothers and specifically the DC universe. They're putting some stuff on hold. They're canceling stuff. Um, they're trying to figure out what they want to do and, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens from this point forward. Yes. Um, in other news, let's uh, continue on with superhero news. Marvel announced their big slate at Comic-Con not too long ago of phase five and phase six. Some noticeable stuff missing in there. Uh, things that have been rumored to come out, uh, like Deadpool three or armor wars, um, but we are going to cap off Phase 6 with two Avengers movies. Uh, Avengers, uh, the Kang Dynasty, in reference to Kang the Conqueror, who's probably being positioned as one of the big bads for the Marvel Universe uh, from this point forward in this saga. And uh, finishing off the multiverse saga in Phase 6 is Avengers Secret Wars, based on the comic book series of the same name, in which... A uh, bunch of universes collided with each other. Doctor Doom is like the god emperor of all of the universes mixed together. You get multiple versions of all of these characters running around in the same place at the same time. Um, so it's, I think it's pretty uh, obvious what they're going for and what they've been trying to go for with Phase 4. So it'll be, I'll be eager to see what happens as well as uh they announced a new daredevil show which is kind of cool i agree i'm not <laughs> i'm not really uh, like up to date like so anthony's the brains and i'm the beauty but you can't see the beauty because this is a podcast did you watch daredevil i did so good i want to rewatch it we talked about it because we watched it together 
we no we didn't yes I didn't, we did. I didn't watch daredevil with you i didn't watch dare you, who did i watch daredevil with then myself how loser <laughs> i watched season one my freshman year of college and we hadn't met at that time but i did watch season one season two i watched uh not with you because i remember you were out of town for something and i sat in my dorm and i watched season two I, I forget why it. you were out of town. And I never watched season three of Daredevil. Neither did I. So maybe it's worth us watching. Maybe. I did watch it, though. Maybe I was by myself. Mm-hmm. I was a very independent young lady. Uh, we, uh, now I won't do anything without asking Anthony. You don't have to. No, I mean, like, I ask, you, you. No, ask you to watch it with me. Oh, yeah. Not ask your permission. I do what I want. Yeah. This um, my... Never mind. I'm not going to say saw, it. We saw Bullet Train recently we did i liked it i liked it too i don't know why critics hate i can tell why people had some issues with it but they don't like when us people us with normal people uh, just have fun at movies no they don't like when us people with attention problems like a movie because it keeps switching everywhere which way every like five minutes i like that because i can't pay attention for more than five minutes at a time Mm -hmm. so maybe it was Just very maybe. it was really really fast it was a good movie for someone like me yeah um i enjoyed it i thought it was good i thought they hit us over the head a little too much with the theme of the movie um every it seemed like every couple of minutes they're like oh the theme of the movie is luck <laughs> like that's the that's the thing sometimes people are lucky sometimes people are unlucky and it's like i feel like they were shouting it at us the entire time i would just like to say i'm one of those people who's unlucky yeah me too although i did just pass a big test today he to did. get my endorsement and that's pretty lucky because i felt like when i we haven't recapped it i just <laughs> did it like right before we started recording but um brie i was not confident in that <laughs> test at all it was, like when it was, was really hard. It was like me with the PE section of the content exam. Uh huh. I was like, I don't know, Jim. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got my. It's the special education endorsement test, and I felt like that entire test. I was just like, I guess this might be the best answer, but I suppose I was correct, or I just guessed really well. So, um, lucky, lucky, luck, luck, boy. All right, Bree. Okay, so we, get we are getting it? into the nitty gritty. This is a movie both Anthony and I have both seen. Um, Anthony, would you like to do us the honors and tell us all the background information? I would love to give all of the background information, Brie. The background information is there's not a lot of it. Um, <laughs> um, what movie are we reviewing, oh, Anthony? Oh, yeah. I didn't even introduce it. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my he's God, a failure. Oh, my God. Um, oh, we, we should are never reviewing, have had this podcast. <laughs> we are reviewing our third movie in our Adam Sandler series, 1999's Big Daddy. Yay, Big Daddy. Starring... Starring... Uh, Adam Sandler, of course. And then the Sprouse twins, Dylan and Cole Sprouse, who we, play okay. the same person, I but will, child labor laws. You know, those things where... Like, I learned it by watching Nathan uh, Fielder's new show, <laughs> the child, child Labor Laws. Child thing. Labor Laws. You can only have them for a certain amount of time a day. Um, they had to switch off the boys because, you know, child labor laws. Also, each boy had its own, like, his own specialty of what he did best. Yeah, so I did do a little bit of background information, background reading into this movie. So, uh, Big Daddy, uh, released in 1999, uh, 
directed by Dennis Dugan, who directs a lot of the Adam Sandler movies, such as Happy Gilmore. He directs I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, Grown Ups, all that stuff. Um, very frequent collaborator with Adam Sandler. Sandler had a part in the screenplay as well as starring in the movie with Joey Lauren Adams, John Stewart, pre-Daily Show, John Stewart when he was just an actor, uh, Rob Schneider, Colin Dillon Sprouse, and Leslie Mann also I love Leslie Mann. Um, I love Leslie Was not Mann. a big fan of how they utilized her in this movie, but no. I think she, I don't think she was as popular. She could have been so funny. If used correctly. Which, okay, I... Okay, now something's coming to mind because I was like, what movies has Leslie Mann been in she does not a bu- She does She's, a bunch she of She does comedy. a bunch of comedies. And she was in Funny People, which Adam Sandler starred in. So that's... Like, they've worked together um, multiple times in different movies, which is kind of cool. Um, frequent collaborators here, Brie... Uh, Rob Schneider is this Rob Schneider's first major movie with Adam Sandler because they had been like very close friends on SNL but I don't remember Rob Schneider being in a lot of Adam Sandler movies in the past now he's like in every now he's in every one of them uh cool so the movie was made for 34 million dollars grossed 234 million dollars becoming one of the highest grossing movies of 1999 i think it was the seventh highest grossing movie of 1999 and adam sandler's highest grossing film until which movie brie uncle charms oh that's a good guess but no think broader broader think a bigger movie bigger movie because uncut gems was a little indie flick Damn, I don't know. <laughs> flick? A click? Click? He he have the remote. <laughs> he had the remote. And he control life. <laughs> he control life? No, it was not click, but that's a good guess too. Hotel Transylvania 2 overthrew Oh my gosh, Big that's Daddy. his freaking animated movie. Yeah. Um, um, I love the Hotel Transylvania movies because they're just like fun to watch. It's like Adam, it's like Adam Sandler's all of his friends made an animated movie but ha- i don't think happy madison produced the hotel transylvania no i think and, what's her name plays the girl so, well selena gomez plays yeah, the, the daughter kid. but then you get like nick swartzen and you get um like isn't david spade in it i believe so like kevin james is in it but like the main like the uh, the group selena gomez and i think it's andy samberg andy samberg yes Plays the husband. I, I thought it was Nick Swartzen, but I guess, yeah, it's at Andy Samberg. I'm going to check. No, the, it is. No, it's Andy Samberg. No, I'm checking the cast of Hotel Transylvania, so keep this talking. This is not, we're not talking about Hotel Transylvania, but um, let's see. Big Daddy, Big Daddy, Big Daddy. The film was nominated for five Razzie Awards, including um, Sandler, who won Worst Actor. Do you Ooh. agree with that? I don't agree I don't, with that. I don't think what so. were the Razzies smoking that year? What was the um? Well, th- as you're as you're looking Razzies. that up, yes, in Hotel Transylvania, you have Kevin James, David Spade, Steve Buscemi, Fran Drescher, Chris Parnell, Molly Shannon, John Lovitz. Uh, John Lovitz, yeah, John Lovitz is a. You have point. like his daughter. You have like. A lot of Sandler. Sadie Sandler, Sonny Sandler, Jackie Sandler. Oh, yeah. So Adam Sandler's wife is in this movie. They met on the set of this movie. 
Um, she's the bartender in the scene where uh, uh, Sonny brings Julian to the bar to watch the Jets game. And Julian says, he's like, who do you want to win? The goddamn Jets. His wife is so good looking and he's just like a toe. Uh, gosh, why can't I? Why can't I find this? I don't know. Let's keep let's get going. No, I need to know who else was nominated for a Razzie that year. Um So the worst uh, worst picture nominees for the Razzies that year was Star Wars Episode One, uh The Haunting, The Blair Witch Project, Big Daddy, and the Wild Wild West. I don't agree with and the, the Blair- Wild Wild West one. Worst picture. I don't believe that but, like, the Razzies don't always nominate, like, actually bad movies. They nominate what they think are, like, comically bad movies. I don't know. It's, I don't like they're, agree. It's supposed to be a joke. Um, worst actor, Adam Sandler won for Big Daddy, but also nominated was Kevin Costner in For the Love of the Game, Kevin Kline in Wild Wild West, Robin Williams in Bicenti- Bicentennial Man. I don't know. I yeah, I don't know too much about that. Interesting stuff. Um, worst supporting actor went to Ahmed Best for Jar Jar Binks. Ah, which we have now grown to love Jar Jar. I just I hate I hate the bullying that he like went through, and I hate like. There's I don't, a, there's, I don't a, there's a larger story. I don't there think about... that anyone should be bullied for any part they play in any motion picture. Like we've talked about how like we're Star Wars fans, but like how toxic to- Star Wars fans can get. No, Star Wars fans are stupid, and I am a Star Wars fan because you have fake ass Star Wars fans that don't know how to interpret what's being laid out to them, and. Oh. Like For an example is like the trumpets, okay, saying that they're the resistance. Well, I wouldn't say that those are necessarily Star Wars fans, but no, like tr- Trump, like it's the same people who are like, I'm a huge fan of this band, but I voted for Trump, and the band's like what yeah we're thinking of green day here yeah green Green day's (laughs) like what when conservatives thought that american idiot was for them and it's like "Mm, no it's about you (laughs) i'm like i don't know it's like this disillusionment and not like properly being able to interpret media subtext and it's like this is their space yahtzees Mm -hmm. their their space their space yahtzees sure the resistance is anti-space Yahtzee. So you as a Trump person, you're not the anti-space Yahtzee. <laughs> you're the space Yahtzee. Yeah, right. I just like, I, I, and I'm saying. But there, there's, there's a lot of like, when we watched Obi-Wan, for example, and it was like, you are missing when Obi-Wan tells a young Leia about how he knew her mother and how great her mom was. All these fake-ass Star Wars fans went on Twitter and started bitching about Obi-Wan and saying, 
oh my so obi-wan had uh romantic feelings for padme and oh my god this is so stupid i can't believe they did that and it's like no that's not what that was establishing like you were they were establishing obi-wan and padme were friends which is like heavily established in the first three move or the or the tri uh, prequel trilogy movies and if you were a true star wars fan and you watched the clone wars like you know obi-wan struggled a lot with his own way of interpreting the jedi order i can't have attachments to things when obi-wan loves satine right mm -hmm. but he can't be with her because of, of being a jedi like obi-wan already had somebody that he loved it wasn't padme <laughs> like you fake fans that think that you are interpreting star wars and you're p nitpicking things to complain about but they're the wrong things to complain about. Don't get me started. We could have a whole episode on uh, just on Star Wars. Stupid so Star Wars fans. We anyway, get into anyway, this movie. Big Daddy. Uh, one more thing I wanted to bring up okay. with Big Daddy is the casting choice of Adam Sandler. So initially, they had considered uh, for the lead role of Sonny, Jim Carrey. Uh, but I don't know why that didn't go through. I don't think it would have been a good casting anyway. But... Then they attached somebody to star in the movie about a year prior to the movie taking place. They had, you know, gotten this person to agree. Uh, Chris Farley in 1998 signed on to star in Big Daddy. And then not too long after he signed on, passed away uh, about nine months before the movie began production. So Adam Sandler um, at last minute filled in for the role. And... Lo and behold, it becomes one of Sandler's most revered films. So there's a lot here with Big Daddy in terms of like our theme that we've been talking about of how Adam Sandler teaches us how to grow up in the movies. You know, we had Billy Madison teaching us general maturity. We had the wedding singer teaching us romantic maturity. And now we get Adam Sandler at this point in his career telling us about parenting. This is how you grow as a person through being uh, a grown-up figure in a child's life. Not necessarily a parent, but a, pos a positive <laughs> what? Spoiler. A, a positive adult figure in a child's life. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. No, completely lost my train of thought. Completely. Let's get going. Sorry, yeah. I yawned. Okay, so we open up. We have. Adam Sandler, he's sleepy. Um, <laughs> he is. Um, now, wait, have we opened up every movie with not the wedding singer, but we definitely did open up Billy Madison with Adam Sandler sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, his alarm, the his girlfriend is like yelling at him because he snooze the alarm. Lovable loser. And he's like, she's like, you need to grow up. Like I'm going away for a while. And she's like, you need to get over the accident where a cab ran over your foot last yes. year. And you're so, just, he's like, but I invested money, that money into stocks. And that's why I don't need to work. But she's like, I need someone who's like, has goals, has ambition. So we established that Adam Sandler's character, Sonny, is kind of a, I'm not going to do anything with my life character. He's... Uh, living off of a $200,000 injury settlement uh, from a cab driver running over his foot from years ago. And he works one day a week as a toll booth 
worker. We see him like hitch a ride home with somebody after his shift at the toll booth. And he uh, doesn't really do anything with his day. Very um, immature, we would say, right? Like not really doing anything with his life. Adam Sandler's character here does not have a great relationship with his own father, too, which is going to come into play a little bit later on in the film. Um, go Good. Go ahead. Continue. Um, so we have, like, he's kind of dealing with the fact that, you know, like, my girlfriend's leaving. I don't know what to do. And he kind of, like... He's just kind of floating around. Like, not really contributing anything. And meanwhile, like, he has a roommate. John Stewart's character. Who's, like, going away for a while. He's going to China on a business trip. So, his girlfriend throws a surprise party. Sonny walks in, Adam Sandler's character, and gets the big surprise. And then everyone forgets to say surprise when the roommate walks in. <laughs> yeah. And then his girlfriend, played by Leslie Mann, gets very upset. She hates Adam Sandler's character because he is horrible. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and he just like, and I talked to Anthony about this. The whole running joke with Leslie Mann's character throughout the whole thing is she used to work at Hooters 10 years ago or something. But they now, give her so much But now crap. she's like a doctor. And he still brings up, like, Hooters, like, every t- chance he gets around her to, like, demean her and, like, mm-hmm. to be misogynistic and awful. And it's like, she's literally a doctor. I thought, yeah, I definitely thought they hit us over the head way too, like, it's a beating a dead horse type thing. It was, what's and it, I the, guess rule, the rule of three in comedy? Knowing that Chris Farley was supposed to play this character. Do you think that would have changed it anything? It would have changed, it would be like, oh, he's just, like annoyingly belligerent whereas adam Chris sandler Farley did play belligerent very well where adam sandler it's just comes across as cruel and mean a lot of and i think what we're establishing is like there's a lot of heart to adam sandler's movies but some of the stuff comes off as quite mean it, it comes off as mean like this is someone your best friend is like going to marry he ruins the proposal that he like he gets down on like his oh, knee yeah. <laughs> and at, like Sonny screams you're not gonna propose are you and he's like yeah i was i'm just saying think about it and he like ruins like this proposal for mm-hmm. leslie mann's character i'm like what an absolute piece of poo like but also i think like john stewart's character is like way too chill about all of this like, i would be like listen if this was me and her. like my best friend that straight up ruined my surprise party ruined my proposal to my girlfriend i would definitely be a little bit more like frustrated and i would hope that you would tell your best friend if i had worked at like dude it's not funny like Like, leave her alone like she like she's like a doctor like john stewart's character i think is like way too passive about the constant bugging that his friends give his girlfriend because, like, everyone makes fun of her for that. Like, it, I, no, listen, in friend groups, it's like, even if you dislike somebody's girlfriend or significant other, like, you never say anything about it. You never say anything, especially to her, you know? Um, then I told, I've been like, the, my friends have dated some pretty big, like, poo heads in the past. I keep it to myself. 
if they ask for my opinion, I'll give them my opinion. Right. But if like they're not asking for my opinion, I'm not going to like. But like if I had friends that had cons- consistently harassed you about something that like you're not. Proud I, I don't of, know how she didn't leave. Yeah. Like I wouldn't put up with it. What is the the one thing that you would probably do is say, you got to tell your friends to shut the f, f up. I was like, if they if like it keeps happening, I'm I, I we're not gonna be together anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you need to start standing up for me in front of your friends. You need to start like saying stop. Like yeah. it's just like it got to the point where I was like, it's not even funny. No, like the Hooters stuff, they kept doing it the entire also, movie, like, and it's, it's a like job. Well, and it's the it's like the comedy rule of threes, right? Like it's funny once, sure. All we refer back to it the second time, yeah, funny. The third time, okay, like, and there's we're, nothing. We're not beating the dead horse. Here. They're treating Hooters like it's a strip club, and she was a stripper. It's Hooters is a restaurant. But you got to think the about women the women wear uniforms. You got to think about the time period in which this was made. I don't know the history of Hooters, but I remember like when I was a kid, I, I mean, I've only been to Hooters like once and it was like recently. Man, they have and, some good wangs. And they, I remember when I was a kid, it was like a big deal. Oh, Hooters, like the, the girls like wear low tops and short shorts and all the like pervy guys go to Hooters to look at, you know, women. And it, I remember it being like, no, we're not going to Hooters because it's uh, inappropriate for kids or something. So I think the time period in which the movies made Hooters was like a big deal at the time. So maybe it was like topical at the time to keep referencing Hooters like that. Whereas like in 2022 where Hooters isn't such a big deal. I don't even know a single person who's like, I go eat at Hooters. Right. Right. Uh, I don't think in 2022 it would have landed the same way. Whereas like us now in present day, we're looking at that and we're like, what is the big deal about Hooters? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we get his friend is go- leaving. Oh, no, no, no. So he has, Sonny has other friends, right? Like all the Adam Sandler regulars are at yes. the time are his friends like Dante and um, uh, d- uh, the, all the guys from the wedding singer, basically. And they're all lawyers. So they're talk. they're like complaining about their jobs to Sonny. And Sonny's like, well, have you tried to, to go with this? And he references this law that, like, they haven't even thought about before. So we're establishing here that, like, Sonny is really smart. And he used to go to uh, law school, but I don't think he ever finished. He or, went, No, he went to law school. He just never took the bar. He just never took the bar. And he's, like, really knowledgeable. Like, he knows his stuff. That's what we're establishing but here. I think it's like he just didn't apply himself. I think we're to assume that if he wanted to, he he could, but he might like not have the, you know, like he some doesn't have pe- the motivation. Some people are aimless. Yeah, like you go and you get the degree, but then you end up working at like Chipotle. Sure. And you have this whole college degree that and but you don't do anything. You don't with do it. anything with it. Mm-hmm. And no, it's I know like people why, that are like, that. like why does it happen? It's, well, f- fear of failure, not wanting to, like, actually be an adult, mm-hmm. not wanting to actually grow up. Because, like, once you take the bar and you become a lawyer, you got, you got, you got a big a, boy, big girl job. You got a big boy job now. And whereas, oh, I just went to law school, like, 
you're still in like that mindset of like I well I'm not a lawyer because I like passed the lawyer test. I remember like when we graduated college. I think we talked about this on the podcast before, but when we graduated college, like we were ready to get out there. You know, we were because we had student taught and let's like, we were already doing our career. We had like one foot out the door our senior yeah. year. Whereas I have some friends like from my fraternity, for example, that when they graduated, it was really tough for them to acclimate to like the real world, basically, um, and to get out of like the college mindset. And it, it's, it takes time for some people. Not us, because we had like our whole senior year was just like Student actually teaching. like teaching, mm -hmm. like doing the job that we're going to do, but for free instead of getting paid to do it, which is yeah. a whole other thing. Um, student teaching is an unpaid internship where we're actually paying to do the internship. And we work... I was giving that school free labor. And, and we work insane hours as students and we don't get paid for it. And, and on I, top of that, you have to do EdTPA. And on top of that, you have to pay for a $500 test. Mm -hmm. I think that that is the biggest crime to teachers. Mm -hmm. Is like you're making us do all this work and then like putting us and like they tell you not to have another job during your no yeah they, they told us that they told us you're not going to have time for a part-time job you have to focus on and this you know what i said i said but if i don't have a part-time job i have no money right like how am i going to get there like, so i was ga working gas costs money <laughs> i was working two part-time jobs mm -hmm. and student teaching at the same time and i was exhausted and it's like but if i want to eat and have a roof over my head i need to do this and it's like a lot of colleges and a lot of programs like they they tell you this and it's like and i heard someone else talking about this on a TikTok the other day it's like professors are surprised to learn that we can't not work someone made the example of i was in a, a health and fitness course where we had to document what we ate all week and then turn it in. And my professor pulled me aside and said they were concerned because I was eating ramen for every meal. And they said, you have to eat some other stuff. Like, this is too much sodium. And I told them, well, I can't afford to eat anything else. And the look of horror on their face. And it's like, yeah, like... You don't understand, like, there's no money. Well, yeah, I read a tweet the other day that was, like, um, my senior college thesis paper won a cash, I won a cash prize from it, and I audibly said to my professor, oh, now I have uh, money for food, and she's, like, the absolute look of horror on the professor's face after I said that. I don't think people understand. Like, when I got a bonus at my job, I was like... Oh, sweet. I won't be struggling this month. Mm -hmm. Just this month. Because the next month I'm going to struggle again. Uh, so it's just kind of... It's... it's uh, back to the movie. Yeah, back, back to the, to the movie. movie. Okay. Um, Sonny's friends, uh, two of them are gay men. Yeah. And one of them, like, his whole character is, I'm uncomfortable with my friends being gay. Which is very 1999 of them. Yes. <laughs> I was like, casual homophobia? But, like, I love that we get that one scene in the movie where Adam Sandler's character defends his friends to the homophobic friend. Where he's like, 
the the guys like to Sandler, isn't it weird that, you know, they were their best friends and like now they're dating each other and he's like, Nope. <laughs> he's like they he's like, It's not weird at all. <laughs> and then we get like the next day there's like a, a like a doorbell or a knock and there's a kid there. Like, this is Julian. His mom says he can't take care of him anymore. Here he is. If you can, if you don't want him, contact social services and they'll take him. So blah, blah, blah. He's, atta- got, he's got a note with him and the note says that Jon Stewart's character, Kevin, is the kid's father. Um, so Adam Sandler calls Kevin and uh, they're like... At first, uh, Stuart is dismissive. He's like, somebody's playing a joke on me. I'll take, like, uh, just keep him occupied. I'll take care of it when I come back. And um, so he's, like, out of the movie (laughs) for the rest of the time period until up until the end. And now Sonny is tasked with taking care of this kid until Jon Stewart comes home from China. So we get a lot of... um, uh, really, really, the rest of the movie at this point <laughs> is just like a collection of different situations that Sonny is in with Julian, the child, played by and, Colin and Cole, And we're going to probably move, we're probably going to move Spross. through this part pretty quickly. Well, it's a lot of like. It's little situations. He, it, it's, isn't it so funny watching this guy try to be a dad, you know? But, uh, but along the way, people should be taking like little th- i i don't know if it was supposed to be as like this is the correct way to parent sort of thing so well in the beginning of the movie there are some things that like sunny does right and sunny's like i told Bree this when we were watching this like sunny's actually like, pretty good at this and like making a kid feel comfortable and like talking to him where he bring he brought the kid to a bar to watch which the is jets not game, which you're not supposed to do but he buy but he gets the kid a, a soda and he's like, are you supposed to have soda? And the kid's like, I don't know. And he said, my mom always told me soda rots your teeth, but you're going to lose them anyway. So so keep rotting. Um, another thing he did really well, um, that we he lets him wear his own clothes. Like, he gets to choose his own clothes. Well, that's that's later on. I know. but like You don't skip around right now. Okay, um, fine. Don't skip around. I, I don't have, like, stuff to talk a lot about. of notes. So you're going to have to lead then because I don't have anything. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of different scenes here of um like sunny giving him the glasses right where that's actually like a pretty good technique for a kid to feel comfortable in an uncomfortable setting he gives uh the kid glasses he says they're magic glasses you'll be invisible um every time you put them on Mm -hmm. and it makes the kid more comfortable in weird situations and it gives the kid the power to then engage in the social like, situation. Like the way he wants to engage yeah. in the social situation. So these are actually like really good techniques. Uh, I said that this is just like a collection of scenes with Adam Sandler dealing with fatherhood. So like Julian pees the bed. And he puts and a newspaper. Adam Sandler puts newspaper over it and doesn't clean the sheets. And then he's trying to go back to sleep. And Julian just keeps rolling around on the newspapers. And he's like, I get it. I'm away. <laughs> Which is literally us with Kaido all the time. Not to 
say that like having a dog is anywhere near having like a toddler, but just this morning I had to get up at six o'clock to uh, get ready for my test. And I didn't. <laughs> but Brie wanted to sleep. So instead of locking the dog back up in the crate while we she slept, we left him out and, and she I went slept on the, on the couch, couch. But he was bothering her relentlessly. <laughs> so he does this thing where he he crawls between the couch and me and then starts gnawing on his bone <laughs> right next to my ear. <laughs> he loves it. He, he loves laying on you and chewing his bone. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. And then his hot stank breath yeah, is in my just face. breathe on you. <laughs> so what else happens? Uh, Julian he, tries to pour cereal and spills milk everywhere. Here's a, another thing that he did right. He, he doesn't make it a big deal. Exactly. When Julian makes a mistake. Yeah. Like not yelling at him for spilling the milk. He, he, he just like make, the interaction he makes part. a joke out of it. He's like, "You pour me a bowl," yeah. and he's like, "Or not." <laughs> and the milk's just like, and then Julian starts to get upset, and he's like, "Oh, like don't be upset. It's just like milk. Mm -hmm. Like it's just milk. Let's go get McDonald's breakfast." Like, okay. Yes, and that's then we get to the McDonald's stuff where they meet the homeless man played by Steve Buscemi, who talks. They're like, Julian stops to talk with this guy. Like, which is kind of uncharacteristic of this kid. And he's like, why are you on the ground? He's like, because I made a lot of questionable decisions in my youth. <laughs> also, I feel like that's something, though, that a kid does, like, think talk about. Talk to random people. Like, kids will, for example, I have, like, resting teacher face, I guess. And kids will come up to me in public. Mm-hmm. I've, we'll, I've seen that happen before. Kids will come up to me in public. I'll have conversations with kids in public. I'll have like small interactions with kids all the time when I'm out. I don't know. Babies just smile at me. Little kids just smile at me. They just like resting when, teacher face. When we were in college, um, I had to do like a volunteer work at the Boys and Girls Club. And I, brought, and I went with. I brought Brie with. <laughs> I was like, hey, you want to come with? And she's like, sure. And so we volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club. And there was this one little girl that was just so attached to you didn't even know who you were yeah but like just always wa just wanted to be by your side the entire time and i was like oh you got oh, the I will never, you got the I will teacher never vibe forget that i will never forget that because i was watching like this group of girls and they were talking about how they hate white people and obviously i'm like a, I'm a white person <laughs> and someone said stop saying that like she's white and the girl looks at me she's like no, you're okay because you're mixed. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, kids say like the, the weirdest, darnest yeah. things and they're just really funny. So uh, so McDonald's breakfast, uh, Sonny says if you, to the homeless guy, if you stop having this conversation, then I'll buy you breakfast. And they try to get to McDonald's breakfast in time, but they are late. He's like, somebody got this, get a happy meal. Because <laughs> he's upset. Like, he's hungry. He already made, like, kids get in, like, a heightened state. Oh, yeah. Where, like, it's like a waterfall. Like, something's going to just set the kid off. And, like, he's not new to the whole crying thing. So, like, he's getting overwhelmed. He's not regulated. Like, the kid's not regulated. He's not regulated. They're, it's, they're it's both, both melting yeah, down. Yeah, they're both having a meltdown. So uh, there's situations like that that Sonny gets into. He teaches Julian how to pee on a building. Because um, someone wouldn't let the kid take a bathroom break at the restaurant. I There's two, pe two groups of people that you should always let into your bathroom, even if it's for paying customers only. 
young children mm-hmm. who don't wear diapers. Yep. Right? Like toddlers and stuff. And pregnant women. Those are the two groups of people who cannot control their bladders. And it's actually quite cruel to make young children <laughs> and pregnant women have to hold it. Mm-hmm. So. I, I got to say, though, I do appreciate how Sandler ta- like performs his character in this movie. Because while we've looked at Billy Madison and while we've looked at The Wedding Singer and they're kind of all the same character, but they're tweaked a little bit differently. And it's like The Wedding Singer is a, kind of a calmer Adam Sandler because he's playing depression. This one is kind of a more, um, I don't, why do I want to say adult? Because it's not adult, but it's not goofy. Adam, it's immature, but not goofy. And we get the sense out of Sonny's character that while he is aimless, he's still like trying to do the right thing. And he does enjoy Julian's company. Like this isn't a burden for him, you know, Um so I got to wonder, like, how Chris Farley would have played this differently and how different this movie really would have been with Chris Farley in, in the lead role. Uh, do you think Chris Farley would have been able to give the performance that Sandler gives, like, when it's... Inti- I guess Big Daddy in- would make more scenes. sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like, intimate scenes, like when he's reading Julian a bedtime story, where it's like the heart of the movie scenes. Do you think Farley would have been able to play that really well? I don't know. It, I like, I, because we didn't get to see it. I, I just don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I feel, feel like I appreciated there was two scenes and I, please don't stop me when I say no, them. The, when he says you can wear what you want and I'll call you whatever name you want. And he picks Frankenstein and he dresses like outlandishly. I do believe Within reason, you let the kid dress themselves. My nephew, when I babysit him, he picks out his pants or his shorts and he picks out his shirt. He almost always matches. Like, let kids express themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... He does go a little overboard my, and we'll get there. My nephew also goes by a nickname that he picked. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Similar to Frankenstein. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But like that's one part I really agree with parenting wise. And the second moment where I was like, wow, it's a really good parenting decision was when we needed to get Julian to take a bath. Mm-hmm. And Adam Sandler's character dresses up like Scuba Steve, his the, action, figure's the action figure, yeah. dad, and like says... Hey, Scuba Steve needs to take a bath. Would you take a bath with Scuba Steve? So, because he's kind of scared to take a bath by himself. I was like, that's such a good parenting move. And like those two parts, I was like, oh, those are really good things to do as a parent. Liz, I got to tell you, I got worked by this movie as I watched it for (laughs) the millionth time. I haven't seen it in a while, but I got worked by this movie because at first I'm like, you know what? Like, Sonny is actually pretty good at this stuff, and he's good at communicating with the kid. He's good at making the kid feel comfortable, even though he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's He's got a talent for this stuff, you know? 
Um, I mean, he does make some questionable decisions, like letting Julian eat a whole bunch of junk food. Oh, I have that. He, he, but I feel like also when I, this was not his intent, but it's like a kid makes the you let the kid make the choice to eat a bunch of junk food. They get sick. Natural consequence. Yeah. The kid is learning you can't just eat junk food because you're going to get sick. Mm-hmm. So I, I got worked because I was thinking like this whole um, this whole thing about let the kid do what he wants to do. Because Sonny gets broken up with by his girlfriend. She leaves and him for an old man. And he calls his dad and his dad's like... We, we get the sense that Sonny doesn't have a good relationship with his dad. His dad thinks he's a failure or whatever. And his dad's like, you should not be anywhere near that child. And it's by that conversation with his dad that he then has a conversation with Julian. He's like, my dad, you know, he didn't let me do this stuff. He didn't let me do this stuff. Like, I think he parented wrong in this sense. He's like, I'm not going to do that. He's like, so I'm going to let the kid make his own decisions and he kind of gets the consequence of that yes because and this is where it worked me because when we were just having that conversation like 10 minutes ago about you let the when you let the child decide what how to express themselves and to do what they want to do sometimes they make the right decisions but sometimes they make the wrong sometimes they make the wrong decisions and i was getting worked by the movie because i'm like uh adam sandler talks about options not uh options not orders is the parenting style but you should be giving your kids reasonable options yes and it's like what we do in as a teacher it's like i need the kid to complete this thing this thing and this thing here's your option you can choose what order you do the things in but you still need to get all three things done. It's you give the child the illusion of options, mm-hmm. which he's just giving the kid options and not the illusion well, and, of options. And this is where I was saying, like, I'm getting worked by this movie because as he's giving the kid options, I'm like, what a great parenting style. <laughs> I was like, when you just let the kid, like, be a kid and, like, choose what they want to do, like, he chose to go to school, right? Like, sometimes it works out. And I got worked by it by thinking... Sonny's making some good choices here by letting the kid have all of these options, doing what the kid wants to do. But then we see, like you said, the consequences of that where Julian is stinky. stinky. He doesn't want to take a bath. He's disruptive in the classroom. He's hurting hurting people. people. Or it's like, how do we connect with the kid? Well, in the beginning of the movie, Adam Sandler takes Julian to the Central Park to watch the uh, rollerbladers fall down. And while that's funny to Julian and it's like tripping him with a stick or something, that's funny to Julian. Well, we now see that Julian has uh, displayed that behavior in school and that's a problem. So he's, while I got worked in the sense of like, yes, that is like a fun, uh, funny activity to bring your kid to and the kid would get a laugh out of it and I was worked by saying oh Adam Sandler's being like a good dad right here by getting the kid comfortable we also in, teach in, re- kids in reality like it's like being a good person yeah in reality it's like I was appalled the same way that Sonny was appalled in that scene where he's talking to the teacher by saying okay maybe the thing that we were doing 
isn't necessarily all positive because it's rubbing off the wrong way on Julian. So then he had to redo some of his parenting decisions where it's like, you need to study for school. You need to do your work. You need to take a bath. It's like you need, to, but you could still dress yourself. Well, you it's like, still... and it's the way like Julian treats the delivery guy, Rob Schneider's character. Uh, he's like, he's like mean. And you gotta and, be nice to delivery yeah, guy. Yeah, so... Sandler tells Julian, like, yeah, I know you don't want to do it, but, like, sometimes we gotta do it. And they they make it a game. Like, everything is uh, made a game for Julian. Like, studying for what the the project coming up is a game. And they make it, like, at, uh, Sonny's good at making it fun and... Making sure that Julian, even though it's not something that he prefers, it's something that he wants to do because he knows it's like quality time with Sonny. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I did get worked a little bit by the movie and it elicited the same feelings that Sonny felt in that scene where he's talking with You're the like, teacher. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, maybe these aren't good parenting choices. I think so. What I've told Anthony, I was like, when we have a child, I want to do the gentle parenting method, which gentle parenting, a lot of these things are like so close to what gentle parenting is mm -hmm. like let the kid pick out their own outfit within reason like you're not wearing pool floaties to school but you can <laughs> yeah. wear your dinosaur shirt to school if you want and it's um you can like we can make your stuff into games like i'll talk to you like an actual like human being and it'll be I'm not going to order you to do something. Hey, when you're done with your video game after this, after this level, can you go clean your room? Mm -hmm. I'm not making you stop what you're doing right away. I'm letting you finish, come to a natural conclusion and then go do what I need you to do. Like there's a way to be a good parent that doesn't involve my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that type of parent. I don't think that's good parenting. Yeah. That's how I was raised. It was not good parenting. Well, and, and that brings us to another point of, like, dissecting Sonny's decisions in this movie, where Sonny is very much influenced by his relationship with his own dad, right? My dad was a jerk. My dad didn't let me do this. My dad, uh, you know, he acted this way, so I'm going to be everything that he's not. And I feel that some in, in some ways... Um, but, like, let's acknowledge, like, the fact that you were fed. Yeah. And yeah, clothed. Right. And for the most part, like, your dad does love you. Sure. No. I, it's, it was the same thing when I was becoming a teacher. When I was, like, I'm going to learn what not to do from my past experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Kanye West. Free Kanye West. Everything I'm not made me everything I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand where Sonny's coming from. It's just like Sonny made a, a choice to let Julian do whatever he wanted to do without consequence as a response to his own relationship with his father. But then he comes to realize, okay, maybe my dad was like a little bit right, kind of right in the way that he raised me. So I think that's like a But we're not giving dad a free pass because dad is mean. Yes. But I think that's like... Th that's why I think this movie has 
some character work in there and some nuance by Adam Sandler in this role that the other movies that we've reviewed from him don't have mm-hmm. where it's like, you don't always have to tell the audience. This is why Sonny is the way he is, but you can show the audience and Adam Sandler plays that off real well. He doesn't necessarily say I'm doing this because it's a response to my relationship with my father. But we know that as the audience because we know how the char- how Sandler is playing off this character. And that's kind of cool to me. Um, so anyway, uh, we get a lot of, we've skipped a lot of the social services parts so of the movie. So there is like, so Sonny is lying about who he is. He's pretending to be Kevin. Kevin. And when, um, to, in order to keep Julian, um, he tries to give him up. He does. Um, but it, the the guy's like, well, I would have to put him in an orphanage until we found like parents. Well, at first, the, the social services guy is cool. He's saying like, uh, no, we don't, we don't use the word orphanage anymore, but it's kind of the same thing. He's calling him dude and guy and giving him fist and bumps like, and stuff. And then Sonny's like, well, why don't I just hold on to him until like you find a family? I'm like that. That kind of is how it is. But as he grows more attached to Julian, he starts ignoring the social services guy calling him and saying, "Hey, like we found a family for him. Like it's time to give him back." Mm-hmm. Um, during this time, we also said, "How long has it been?" Because it was like, "Oh yeah, we were." It was like Halloween, about... and then it was. We like... get a couple of montages in this movie of Adam Sandler parenting, and it seems like time is like. There's a long progression of time, and I thought it was John Stewart's only gone two weeks, but I guess it's six weeks. They said um, Stewart's gone for six weeks, so that makes more sense, I suppose. But it does feel like a long time is passing in between, the like throughout this movie. Um, and then um, what happens is the services guy kind of finds out who Sonny is and he comes to the door and he greets Sonny by his name and Sonny like responds as Sonny and he's like wait you just called me Mr. Colfax and like so you know what's up and he's like well I'm, I'm taking the kid and he's like I but he's like legally he's like you're you're you have more to to, to be concerned with than me just taking him right now he's like what you've done is against the law kidnapping it's kidnapping (laughs) um so then we get this like trial so we we overlooked a little oh the relationship the relationship that sam uh sandler's character has with joey lauren adams character (gasps) maybe it's because i feel like it's insignificant to the story it really doesn't matter she's not it's it's another thing to uh progress Sonny's character as like i'm finally like kind of getting my shit together and whereas though we don't really need him to have a romantic interest she didn't need to be in the movie no i don't think she added anything significant she's the sister of leslie mann's character leslie mann's character is like disgusted that her sister is even like entertaining a relationship with Sonny. i like the little gag in the uh in the store that they do where Sandler throws the SpaghettiOs cans on the ground and he's like, "Why?" Julian's like, why are you doing that? He's like, Dent- dented cans cost less. He's like, 
Microsoft's down three points. We have to save money. <laughs> <laughs> because Which I totally get that. Because you had to pay attention because he all the money he won from his like um, lawsuit, he invested in stocks. <laughs> in Microsoft. <laughs> so Microsoft's down three points. <laughs> uh, I appreciated a lot of the gags in this movie. I thought that they were uh, just genuinely funny stuff. And... Some of it comes off as mean, like the the whole homophobic friend character is a gag running through the movie, but um, like I thought that comes off as mean. I'm also looking at that in a 2022 lens and not a 1999 lens when, you know, uh, like being gay was like just starting to become like socially accepted. Um, so I'm trying to think of some like... Like, the Scuba Steve stuff is really funny. Um, there are some, like, notable lines in this movie. Like, I remember seeing it when I was a kid and just loving some of, like, the the slapstick in the movie when he steps on Scuba Steve. Damn you, Scuba Steve. <laughs> like, I quote that sometimes still when I step on Kaido's toys. Um, there's there's a couple of other things in the movie that are that are really funny that I can't pinpoint off the top of my head right now, but... So Stuff he, that is nostalgic that I remember from my childhood. So he goes to this court, this court appearance to get custody of Julian, and he asks all of his friends to be lo- that all are his lawyers. friends be his lawyer, his girlfriend to be his lawyer. But she's like, I can't because I have this my case in and DC. And she makes a, she makes a really good point. She's like, y'all kind of barged into my life. She's like, I already had stuff going on, and now you're asking me to drop everything. But he kind of is like you you do that for like the people you care about like he's important like Mm -hmm. this is a kid and so they go through this whole thing he makes his case with calling a bunch of witnesses he calls steve buscemi the homeless man who's just like crazy he calls his father to cross-examine him and his friend the actual father of the child comes as well John Stewart is so like his character is so nonchalant about everything. Like that's your kid up there. Like he's your son, and and no, so the, at the end though of the trial, where they think like, oh, he's he's won, right? Where all the characters are like, yeah, we came up with a good case. The the judge, the only person of reason in the whole room, is like, you committed a crime. You <laughs> brings kid- us back down you to earth. Kidnapped this child. It doesn't matter if you care about this child. What you did was illegal. And she's like, "You're getting arrested." And this is finally when John Stewart's character is like, "As the father of this child, I'm not pressing charges." And it's like, pending a DNA test, Sonny will be like not put in prison. But it's like. This is John Stewart's character, like, this is my kid. And then he has to explain to Leslie Mann's character. It was before I met you. But, like, you, John Stewart's character was going to be cool with just, I don't know. I, I think, don't know what the plan was. Yeah. But he was, like, super cool with just, like, pawning off this kid to anybody. And that's, like, your that's like your son. But doesn't he didn't, mat- he didn't know. If- he didn't know for sure. Yeah, I guess. So then once the de- we get a t- kind of like a time skip because it's like sunny. So they make an OJ joke, which at this time in 1999, pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. Um, just happened. And then you get like a t- time skip. It's it's Sonny's birthday. 
he walks into a party he gets a surprise and he's like oh no you didn't waste another surprise on me wait so wait i was not paying attention what'd you say i said we get a time skip it's Sunny's oh, birthday it's a, a year he, he like, walks, he's a lawyer now yeah he walks in to the party and they all go surprise he's like oh no don't tell me you wasted another surprise on me it's like no it's your birthday you idiot but we get that john stewart's character has stepped up julian is his is his child and leslie man is being called mom by julian mm-hmm. and sandler steps into the fun uncle role yeah but he also has a child of his own with the girlfriend he had mm-hmm. so He's grown up to the point where he's ready to have his own child. But, like, also, we as the audience see, like, Julian's with people who could have been his parents right then and there. There's a lot of positive figures in Julian's life now. Like, Jon Stewart and Leslie Mann were, like, the the people who were ready to be parents right then and there. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I think Sandler's character... And the girlfriend, they had, they needed more time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think he was ready to be Julian's father. Yeah. I I appreciate, uh, you know, a lot of what this movie says about um, the different way, like we were talking about the different ways you could parent. Because we see... Also, it, it redefines what family is. Yeah. Because, like, family is not just your parents. And it's not just the people you're related to by blood. Like, he loves Sonny. Like, and Sonny is a big part of his life, though they're not related. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw Sonny once he's confronted by the teacher and realizes, oh, my God, I've been, like, a whole, like a really negative influence on this kid because he's now acting out in school. Like, we see Sonny taking on that more hands-on parenting approach where he's helping the kid with his homework. He's helping him study. Uh, I think that that's also the beautifulness of like having a nephew or a niece. It's like I don't have to make mistakes. I can watch other people make mistakes mm-hmm. with their kids. And it's kind of like now because he've had the experience with Julian, he's going to be a better father for his child. Yes. And I don't know why this movie got panned so hard. Like the crit- critics did not like this movie and it's it's fine it's a fine film it's a fine film it's a fine film is it my favorite sandler film no is it winning any academy awards absolutely not but movie's got heart movie's got a good performance by adam sandler movie's got a good cast movie is uh got a good character progression is definitely character driven um i don't know it's 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 not half bad there's nothing like spectacular about like the editing or cinematography or whatever, but it's a movie. I mean, it's a movie. It's a popcorn flick. It's a good-hearted popcorn flick. Somebody made a good note about this. Um, that Adam Sandler has not done a good job in his movies of attracting a more mature female audience, and this movie is the one to attract a more mature female audience because it's about family and it's like but the jokes about parenting. It, the jokes in it don't attract no, your female I, audience. Yeah, I would agree with that though too. Because I don't know, it's it's hard as like we're watching it and it's like peeing on a building. Like we, we women, we know you can't. That's public indecency. Yeah. Like. 
I feel like common sense is lost in an Adam Sandler movie that doesn't attract your female audience <laughs> because we just, we know common sense. Mm-hmm. I digress. Sure. Um, I don't know. I think that's it. Uh, I don't really have too much else to say. Does the it, movie make your list? It does not make my list, but I like it. Yeah, that's how I thought too. It doesn't make my list, but special place. Special place in the heart for Big Daddy because the movie got heart. Big heart. Big heart. Big heart. Adam Sandler definitely teaches us how to grow up in terms of being a parent. Anthony was taking notes. I was taking notes. I got a full page of notes for he's, this one. He's like, I'm going to be a good dad and this is how I'm going to do it. Um, well, I don't think I would give the kid like free reign to do whatever they want. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see how I parent Kaido. He's a little too strict. I'm the fun you think one. I'm a little too strict? I'm the fun one. I like Kaido to be uh, everything has to based. everything has to be on a schedule. Which when you when I do have a baby, like we're gonna need to be on a schedule, mm -hmm. and it's gonna be like a trade off every couple of hours. Like Anthony gets up, then I get up, then so everyone's getting like two hours of sleep at a time. We'll do the uh, Cosmo Kramer um, disco nap method. <laughs> no, sleep and we're little. gonna do the call your mom to live with us for a couple months method. <laughs> All right, Brie, we are uh, nearing about an hour and a half, so why don't we wrap it up? Okay, so we're so happy that you could tune in with us this week. We are headed to another Meryl movie next week. I think, I believe, we're going to go with It's Complicated. Yes, that's what go you going. Did, that's what we agreed yes, on. Yes, that's what we agreed on. We um, haven't agreed on Meryl's fourth movie no. yet. Very fun movie. Um, starring Alec Baldwin's in it, um, opposite Meryl Streep. We also have, um, what's his name? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I've never Pink seen the Panther. movie. Steve Martin. Steve Martin is also in this movie. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we're, we're out of everything that Steve Martin's in. You said the Pink Panther. <laughs> He's like a really well-renowned <laughs> comedic but, actor. But when you say Pink Panther, who do you think of? shut up exactly i that was the one i knew i was going to get you to say something back to me so i wouldn't look stupid anyway we're looking forward to it's complicated kind of a funny meryl movie she plays a baker um with a very successful baking baking business her ex-husband is um alec baldwin and this is, this is not jack black in this movie right? no okay i'm thinking of a different so I romantic comedy with we're gonna jack have black. a lot of fun going into next week. It's a really good, lighthearted Meryl movie. Um, if you want to follow us on our socials, you can follow us at review um, underscore pod on Instagram. If you want to get in contact with us, maybe you have an opinion about what we should do next. Oh, our next series. Yeah. Our next series, you can get a hold of us at reviewpodcast1 <laughs> at gmail.com. If you want to follow Anthony on Twitter, you can... Follow Anthony on Twitter at GLDTV1. And if you want to get a hold of me, you need to um, go to your local park, put a stick in the middle of the sidewalk, and wait for a person on roller skates to trip over the stick, and then they will give you my information. Ooh, I like the task. I like the task. Gives you something to strive for. Right. All right. Um, we are going to wrap it up. So... 
Uh, we'll be back next week with It's Complicated. You can follow us. Oh, God. I did. I don't know where my brain is. At. I just took a three and a half hour test. Um, I'm like, I just said that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, 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 you can find our podcast anywhere where podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere where you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you rate us those five stars. And contact us if you need to contact us. Come back next week and we will be reviewing It's Complicated Starring Meryl Streep and not Jack Black. I thought Jack Black, yes. not Jack Black. I'm Bree. I'm Anthony. And this has been the Review Podcast. The Review Podcast, yeah.